The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The dead of time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Alright, Kat? What happened last week? Uh, hold on. Oh, God. No, it's okay. I'm I'm going to be a little off. Like, the, actually, the reason I asked you to record is because Jimmy and I were watching Animal Planet and we're watching The uh, Secrets of the Zoo. And I was watching with him and they took this old goat called Kiko to the hospital because Kiko had like some bloating and like, I feel you, girl. But anyway, so they took her and they were like, all right, well, this might be cancer, but we're not sure. So let's just wake her up from the anesthesia and send her back. So they wake her up and she like kind of toddles and she like looks a little funny, but like, you know, she's coming out of anesthesia. So they put her in her, uh, she walks around. So they get her to walk into her crate. They close the crate. They put her in the back of the truck and they start to drive back. And the girl who's sitting in the back with her, she just goes like, meh, and then collapses. And the girl in the back's like, doctor, there's something wrong. And they like pull over and she's pulling Kiko out of the crate and they're doing like CPR. And the doctor like runs to the back and the girl who's sitting in the passenger side, like whips the car around like a U-turn and like books it back to the hospital and they get there and i was like oh okay well they're showing it so clearly kiko's gonna survive because they wouldn't show a goat dying on television those motherfuckers showed a goat dying on television kiko died you're just sitting there staring at her sad little dead goat body and they're all crying and then i started crying and oh by the way jimmy had paused it right as kiko collapsed and he was like i'm gonna go play some video games and i'm like um okay well i'm gonna go to the guest room to keep watching this because i have to know what happens to kiko and then I walk out and I'm like bawling my eyes out and I'm like Kiko died and Jimmy's like yeah and I watched the rest of the episode and I'm like he's like it's a goat that you never met that you knew for about 30 seconds in a tv show and I'm like but she died and he was like yeah yeah I'm not getting emotional over this glad you are you're just crying because the other girls are crying and I'm like yeah and yeah so so that's the story of how I started crying over a goat that I've never met and why we had to record tonight. Well, you know what? We cry over fictional characters. McDreamy is, is an example. Oh, You're God. not real. I've never met you, but you were on that show for like 14 seasons. Dude, some monster started putting around like worse television deaths and just like sending those around and like which one cut you up the worst. And I'm like damn the world's already depressing like do y'all have to do this right now like that's just cruel but anyway what happened was they were by a lake and there was a yeah river lake some form of body of water (laughs) and then there was a time when the girls were separated from the boys, and then I think it was, I can't remember if it was Remus or Snape, or somebody went and go and, like, spied on what the girls were talking Serious. about. Yeah, and they were talking about, like, who they wanted to snog and how they, like, liked and everything like that, and then they ended up all together at the body of water, the lake, river, whatever river. you want to call it, and then... They had a radio, so then they were listening to different types of music, and they had their little teenage banter and awkwardness and bathing suits and all of that joyfulness when you are growing up. And then towards the very end, Maya. (laughs) I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to get this. You're you're getting it. You're getting it. We've got another 150-something chapters. No, I'm kidding. So then at the towards the end, Maya and Remus have Mm -hmm. their little moment. Mm A little bit more detail. Uh, 
Mary McDonald starts asking everybody who's into who, and Alice admits that she kissed Frank, and then um, Maya is all like, no, you can't have Remus, or Sirius, or James. Just kidding. Lily can have James, eventually. But you guys can't have Sirius Remus, because they're mine. And everybody's like, you can't hog all the boys. And then Sirius went back to tell everybody that Maya liked him and Remus, and that uh, Lily used to be into Remus, and that Alice kissed Frank. And then Maya had jokingly told Mary that she could have Peter, and Mary shrieked. So when Peter asked if they said anything about him, Sirius was a bro and was like, nah, bro, they didn't say anything. Which was, like, super cool bro, but he also, like, said to himself that he needs to help Peter talk to girls. And then, yes, uh, Sirius and Maya had a music battle where they were playing songs, you know, back back and forth and like Maya was playing you're so vain and he was playing like touch me in the morning and that kind of shit um and I got to regale all of you with my barely tolerable voice so thank you for continuing to listen and not having your earbuds ear drums eardrums blown fuck I'm so bad at words today anyway I'm glad you can still hear why why is this piece of hair so short? I haven't had bangs since like the first grade and this like chunk of hair is just little baby hairs. They never grow any longer than this. I just need bangs. No, that's, they're, that's they're pain in the, the butt. Your your forehead will break out more. Don't do it. Oh, that's right. I forgot you did bangs for a while. It's horrible. But like if I look that doesn't make me cute. That just makes me look homeless. Anyway, nobody can see us. So, with that, we will read Dead of Time. You ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Like SpongeBob. Cool, cool. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, Eddie. Ready, Eddie, 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 ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready! I was watching Aladdin earlier. What does that have to do with Spongebob? Um, I don't know. Like, th- there is zero connection. Right. Like, zero. I know. Not even the same company. I know. <laughs> Chapter 29. Chapter 29! 20 fucking nine. Hot dog. That's a lot. It's a lot. Only 125 left to go. <laughs> Merlin's beard, that's a lot. Well, no. 125. Yeah, 125. Okay. I think. I'm bad at math. Hey, and this is appropriately titled because it says everyone is dangerous. <laughs> Perfectly applicable for today's day and age. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> this is fine. Everything is fine. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. Everything's a disaster. Y'all need but... Jesus and hand wipes. Yeah. Oh. Found toilet paper and paper towels and flour and sugar and yeast today. So that is my determination on how well we're doing. If I can find paper towels and toilet paper, we're doing better. Yeah, I, I actually found all of those things today too. Oh, here. why do people do this? Because I was going down an aisle and in like one of those little bin things, somebody left a bag of potatoes that belongs in the freezer. I'm like... I hate that. Why do you do that? Go back to the freezer section. I know. It's not that big of a grocery store. I know. And then when I got to the checkout, somebody left a bag of nutritional yeast and teriyaki sauce sitting there. And I'm just like... Okay, like the nutritional yeast at least isn't the nutritional yeast at least isn't going to go bad, but like the rest of it, come on, people. I know they're so dumb. It's just, it's it's not nice. 
other people have to pick up after you. Like, be nice. Just like that song from Songland. Yes. First episode of the new season was last week. So good. Oh, nice. Lady Antebellum. Ooh, I'll have to check it out. Okay, so we're going to read. And that is why we created the phrase, anyway, dead of time. Anyway, dead of time was literally like determined because you could stop a conversation anywhere and cut out the rest of it and plug in anyway dead of time and it still makes sense yeah and that's why we chose it like and that needs to be a sticker and hannah beth cut this out has to be a sticker hannah beth cut this cut that out because it sounds like hannah beth cut that out like yeah. you're scolding her but really it's hey hannah beth we've been talking about stupid <laughs> shit please remove it so we stop sounding stupid yeah but it's like it's like our podcast inside joke it's like if you know you know yeah except the thing is a lot of times hannah beth keeps in the hannah beth cut that out and the shit after it because she thinks it's hilarious which like okay you know editor editor's choice sometimes it's worth keeping in other times when we say it very seriously she knows to actually cut shut out but we appreciate you, Hannah Beth. Thanks, boo. Anyway, dead of time. Chapter 29, Everyone's Dangerous. Damn it, we said we were going to be more fucking streamlined this week. That's not going to happen. We're 14 minutes in. We are September liars. 2nd. We sit on a throat of we lies. We are liars. Well, Dr. House always said everybody lies. So, September 2nd, 1973. So what does this mean? It's September 2nd. And? What's the first day of Hogwarts? The first day of school. What day, what date is the first day of Hogwarts every year? Somewhere around Harry's birthday. September 1st, woman. I don't know. I tried to take We've a potions over this quiz every the other time. day, and it wouldn't let you get past the first question unless you got it right. I had to click it three times because I failed about what color or what the cauldron was made out of. And then Peter. I got the second question, got it wrong, and I was like, I give up. This crap is hard. <laughs> this stuff is so hard. September 1st. We're going to keep doing this. We've got four more years of Hogwarts, so... By the end of year seven, you should know that Hogwarts starts on September 1st. The first few days back at Hogwarts, Remus almost felt normal. The full moon was still over a week away, and he barely felt it approaching. Ashamed as he was to admit it, Maya had been right the year prior when she had suggested that his transformations were getting worse because of a girth spurt. Though he had grown another inch over the summer, his transformations were not nearly as bad as last year. Still agonizing to the point of wishing he could black out, but not nearly as torturous. The aches, pains, and nausea that came with the approach and descent of the moon were dealt with, in part due to a massive supply of chocolate that his friends had given him for his last birthday. Unfortunately, their supply ran dry within two months, but thanks to James's invisibility cloak and a few unadventurous nights scouring the castle that led to what Sirius dubbed the most amazing discovery ever, Remus and his friends found the most glorious secret that Hogwarts had kept hidden, a secret tunnel leading to Honeydukes. Well plied with sugar and eager for the term to begin the following morning, Remus sank back into the pillow strewn about his four-poster bed, welcoming the knight with a book in his hand, while his three comrades were off sneaking in third and fourth helpings of dinner from the house elves in the kitchen. It was only when he yawned, catching a faint scent in the air, that he was reminded of another unfortunate symptom of lycanthropy that had, until very recently, remained dormant. Jamie? Remus heard Maya whisper softly. He closed his eyes, letting the scent of her wash over him like the river behind Potter Manor had washed over his body once Maya finally convinced him to jump in with her. The water then had been cold, which was helpful, but the scent in the air that now poured over him was warm, much too warm. He swallowed hard and tried to remain quiet. Serious? She whispered next, and a part of him bristled as he heard her pull the curtains away from the bed across from him. She had come looking for her brother, of course, and Remus had immediately assumed it was because of her nightmares, which grew worse upon their initial return to Hogwarts each year. He felt terrible for her and wanted to help, but, despite the fact that Sirius's bed was directly next to James, Remus could not help but silently complain over the fact that she, once she found her brother missing from the room, she had gone to Sirius next. 
he heard footsteps and his eyes widened. He had known she would not find Sirius in his bed, which only meant that she would seek him out next. But he was yet unprepared as her scent grew closer, so he clenched his eyes tight to try and focus on something else. It was normal for a 14-year-old boy to deal with arousal, especially in the general vicinity of the female population, but it was something entirely different for one who had a nervously charged werewolf inside of his head. Uh. Oh, he's not going to attack her. No, I know that. It's just when up above where it was like the changes and stuff, I was like, okay, my first thought was it's because he's getting taller. It means his bones and crap have to stretch more or whatever, so that has to hurt. But then I was like, wait, is he going to be in heat? So now I'm so Okay, okay. Bitches are in heat. Men are attracted when the bitch goes into heat. And I am saying the term bitch is in a female dog, literally like the breeding terms. Girls go into heat. Guys get into rutting when she goes into heat. That smell turns them on. So that's Although, pretty much what's happening to him. Yes and no. He's just smelling her perfume and her shampoo and her body wash right now. But speaking of which, this one's pretty good. It's called Glass Rose. It's white rose and like white patchouli and white musk. And it's pretty good. But anyway... He's just smelling her, and he likes the smell of her, and so yes, that does get his little wolfy aroused, but anyway. So he's pretty much <clears throat> smelling her butt, okay. <laughs> he's not smelling her. Yeah, he's smelling her butt. Her metaphorical butt. Her metaphorical butt. Her me- Technically, it's her metaphorical anal glands. That's the smelly thing, and I know that because I've had to drain my dogs which is i can deal with a lot of stuff that that's rough i'm sorry for all my listeners i hope that doesn't bother you as much as it bothers me probably does sorry uh (laughs) whatever i had to look through my own poop for three days (laughs) i forgot every time you tell that story i always forget that it happened and then i remember that you swallowed your permanent retainer and it never stops to make me laugh (sighs) It's better than it perforating your bowel. That is very true. And it's better than the doozy, doogie Hauser looking doctor putting a net down my throat. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because he comes in and I'm like, okay, doogie, this is not going to happen. <laughs> and the fact that your last name is Blast, he's like, I'm Dr. Blast. And I'm like. Like Blast, like Blast from the past. Yes. And I'm like. <laughs> No! (laughs) I feel like... Who's the doctor who does all the poop stuff? Is that like a GI specialist? I don't know. There's a word for it. I can't... It's like gastrointestinal specialist or... Ugh. Readers. Listeners. Listeners. Uh, If you know what the name of the doctor is who gives you colonoscopies, let us know. Because Dr. Blast definitely should have been a part of that. Yeah, just like the guy who did my gum surgery, his last name is Gut, and I'm like, why did you become a dentist? You should have became a GI Right? Internist. <laughs> Internist? No. I, no. I knew a Dr. Blow once who actually was a pulmonologist, <laughs> so like, Dr. Blow the pulmonologist, it was great. Um <laughs> I know, it sounds like a male stripper, but... Uh, no, it doesn't. It sounds like a male uh, doctor for something. Cocaine? Uh, no. <laughs> Stop miming that. I'm sorry, guys. By the way, we need to check out that uh, show on Netflix. What is it called? Um too hot to handle because apparently this show is crazy because i read an article and it was like this some girl that's on it got fined like six hundred dollars for doing that and i'm like what is this show <laughs> i'll have to check it out anyway dead of time <sighs> um he finally heard her whisper his name and groaned quietly 
He forced the sound back down his throat as he tried to forget that she had called him beautiful a month ago, with her hand against his scars, nothing but a scrap of cotton separating her touch against his skin. Yeah? He winced as he pulled the curtains back, revealing a sad-looking Maya with disheveled hair, which was not helping his issue, fidgeting with her hands. She had dried tear tracks on her cheeks. You okay, love? Are, are you okay? Oh, are you sick? I thought it had been getting better. I'll go. She frowned and made to move. No, it's nothing. Lie. Not wolf-related, at least. Lie. I think I just ate too much at dinner. Lie. Oh. Maya chewed the side of her lip, towing the floor. Nightmares? He asked softly, and she hesitated before nodding. I don't know when James is due back. Those idiots ran to the kitchen the second we got back to the dorms, he admitted. A part of him annoyed that James was not here to take care of his sister. The wolf in him was grateful that he had been alone, the sole person left behind to care for the girl. Jimmy's getting real mad about shooting people in a video game. Yeah, I don't heard that. Him. Anyway. I should just... This is ridiculous. I am this old and I can't sleep without my bloody brother. She sniffed, looking embarrassed, and Remus knew for a certain that she had woken up in tears from whatever it was that plagued her. Do you... do you need company? He asked, rephrasing his original, wanna climb in, with something he felt was more appropriate. It had been a year since they had shared a bed at Potter Manor. It felt innocent then, especially since James and Sirius were both there with them, encasing Maya between all of them as if to protect her from her dreams. They were barely twelve at the time. Hell, most of them still drank their pumpkin juice from straws. But now... Is that all right? She asked quietly. Come on. Remus scooted to the side, kicking back the covers and allowing her to slip beneath them. He set his book down on the bed, somehow using the pages to keep her body from touching his as she made her way beneath the blanket and closed the curtain behind her, blocking out the light that the sliver of moon in the sky allowed into the room. He was momentarily reminded of the many times she had crawled into his bed in the hospital wing on the mornings after his transformations, once she was finished healing his bloodied and broken body. At first, it had been healing to have his, uh, it had been healing to his soul to have her there, willingly touching him and showing him kindness, but after so long, it became increasingly difficult to rely on her so much. Not only did he not want her, uh, did he not want to become dependent on her, but a nagging sense of pride somewhere deep down said that he wanted her to see him as strong. Now, with her head cradled against him, he was suddenly the caretaker, and his wolf gave an internal yip of approval. He remained absolutely silent, not wanting to question her about the nightmares or her dried tears. That was the comfort of their friendship. Words were never necessary. The moment she fell into a deep, deep sleep, Remus could not stand it any longer. He leant forward and nuzzled his nose into her hair and breathed in deep, hoping that if he grew accustomed to her scent, it would not feel like a craving every time she walked into a room. He exhaled slowly with a frown when it didn't work yearning to inhale her scent increased steadily, and he gave into it, burying his nose in her mane of curls again. Just then, he heard the door to the dorm room open as his three friends returned. Don't take it personal, Pete, James said consolingly. Bloody house elf called me fat, Peter bitterly grumbled as his footsteps carried him into the bathroom, where Remus heard the shower turn on. Sirius burst into a fit of laughter. She didn't look like she was trying to offend, just said how no other wizard enjoyed her food as much. Ever. Shh! Remus scolded quietly, kicking the curtains around his bed aside. What's wrong? James asked, raising his wand defensively, squinting across the room into the darkness towards Remus's bed. Lumos, Remus whispered, and held his wand up to look at James, then moved the glowing stick over the form of the sleeping girl next to him. James raised a questioning brow and nodded with a comprehending frown as he crossed the room to Remus's bed. Tucking his wand back into his pocket, he tossed the invisibility cloak over Remus's trunk and smiled appreciatively. Thanks, he said, before collecting his sister in his arms. Sirius frowned as he watched Maya subconsciously snuggle deeper into James's embrace. Still bad? Still bad, 
James nodded, and Sirius and Remus watched their friend bring his sister to his bed and tuck her in quietly. All three boys shared a look of frustration and desperation. Wizards, the lot of them, and no idea how to fix the one person they had sworn to protect. Our job, Sirius had said, and they were failing. What you think? Well, I don't think they're necessarily failing. I mean, they're kids. What do they know? Yeah, but they're little boys who think that they should be able to do everything. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. Completely unrelated, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Hannah Beth cut out the name. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, she just placed an order with my favorite place and she got two of my most favorite smells as well as a crazy new one that they just created called strange days but she got bears beats battlestar galactica Greyjoy, which is if you like the beach this scent literally smells just like the ocean and not like the oh coconuts and suntan oil ocean but like we're talking stormy day windy salty a little bit of seaweed like legit smells like the ocean uh, Big Damn Heroes, also really good. It's very oceany, but also like a little fresher. And then You're in a Cult, Call Your Dad, which is my all-time favorite smell because it smells like Sedona trees, fl- uh, warm flannel, snickerdoodle cookies, and uh, bergamot tea. And it smells delish. And that has been Claire's rant about perfume. And someday she will get that company to sponsor this podcast. I will. And I'm going to keep talking about it because someday they're going to do a scent. uh, They're going to do a group of perfumes based on Dead of Time. And I'm going to be really excited about it. And I'm going to keep doing the hand gesture that nobody else can see. But we're both going to keep doing it. Also, I'm going to close the door so we can tune out Jimmy yelling at the TV a little bit more. I like Jimmy yelling at the TV. Ain't nobody. It's like that one episode of Friends where they're all like singing and then Ross is like, duh, 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 and Chandler's like, we're done. <laughs> no more! Uh, no, uh, what's the one where like Rachel is filling out, uh, or is mailing off all of her resumes and then Ross goes, oh, you have great compooper skills. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, bit of time. It was September 3rd, 1973. It was raining. It was dark and cold. And there was a wand in my face. And what did I do? And what did I do? I don't fucking know. None of that's in here except for September 3rd, 1973. <laughs> Maya didn't know what she was thinking when she chose her elective classes for, er, courses for her third year. The classes offered were, as usual, divination, arithmancy, ancient runes, muggle studies, and care of magical creatures. She was absolutely not going to have an exact repeat of her original third year at Hogwarts. Her life was already unturned thanks to a time-turner, and she was in no mood to use another one just to accommodate a full schedule. It had been her plan to t- uh, her... <laughs> Hamster fell off the wheel. Hamster back on the wheel. Ready to keep running. Okay. Um, God, I'm getting really fucking weird in the quarantine, guys. Like, real fucking weird. Anyway, um, it had been her plan to take on ancient runes with Remus and Lily, seeing that it was a subject she had never tired of learning, as well as arithmancy because it was the hardest and she could use a refresher course. Despite what her friends were aware of, Maya had no need for muggle studies, and she laughed hysterically when she overheard the boys thinking about taking on divination. Sirius grinned at her. You're not interested in predicting the future. Not in the slightest, Sirius Black, 
Maya scoffed, as though she were offended by the question. In fact, I might already be a seer, which is why I don't need to take divination. She smiled up at Remus, who passed her her morning cup of tea across from her, er, across to her, as she filled his glass of juice, their tandem breakfast routine never breaking momentum as they engaged in conversation with others. You're a seer? That's sexy. Ow! Sirius winced and looked up to see James glaring at him. Brushing off her protective older brother, Sirius turned his attention back to Maya. Come on, then, love. Give us a prediction. Fine, she agreed boldly between sips of tea. I predict that a girl will smack you by the end of the day. Ooh, I love it when girls smack me. Will it hurt? She narrowed her eyes at him. I'll do my best. Sirius winked. I bet you will. Knock it off, James groaned and hit Sirius again while Remus laughed quietly. Hey, she said she's a seer, Sirius said in his own defense, holding up his empty plate as a shield against James and his attacks. I want her to tell me my future. Maya frowned as a cold chill filled her. She closed her eyes and could see it so clearly. Their future, her past. Sirius and Remus standing in the shrieking shack, reunited after twelve horrible years apart, both looking broken and wounded beyond repair. Images of Sirius being attacked by Dementors, and of an older Remus sobbing in her arms after his first full moon in years without the Wolfsbane potion. Memories of pulling Sirius from the veil, and of Remus crying over the thought of his child being infected with lycanthropy. A vision of them both being tortured by Death Eaters and Voldemort, with the Elder Wand aimed at her, and nothing of James. Maya? Remus whispered gently, reaching across the table to touch her hand. Where'd you go? Far away, she admitted sadly, and then turned to look at James and Sirius, who looked just as worried. Stop, I'm fine. She finished her breakfast and pushed her plate away, but not before grabbing the last two pieces of bacon she had not finished and setting them onto Remus's plate. He looked up at her with a grateful smile, but scowled when Sirius snatched one piece up for himself. You boys, go ahead with divination if you'd like. Write down all of your little predictions and let me know what you see, she said, actually bringing her fingers up to use air quotes sarcastically. I'll be more than happy to tell you how wrong they are. Hold on, Jimmy just sent a really cute picture of Max. He's got his little feeties kicked up on the couch. I'll send it to you. Oh, it's cute. okay. No, because at first all I saw was like that Christmas looking blanket. And I was like, okay, that's a blanket. But then like the glare on yeah. the screens, I was like, what is Anyway. That? Um, a part of her thought how amusing it would be to really pretend to be a seer. She would become the most famous seer of all, considering how much she knew about the future. As laughable as the thought was, it was equally dangerous. Maya could not imagine what Voldemort would do to her if he knew that she had detailed knowledge of his eventual destruction. In the end, only Peter kept the course, which was fine with her, as it was one less class she had, uh, it was one less class where she had to look at him. Despite standing firm on divination, she had still broken down when James, Sirius, and Remus had guilted her into changing her choice of electives. While she kept ancient runes to stay close to Remus and Lily, she now stood outside the castle near the Forbidden Forest, where a large group of small pens had been put together to look like a muggle petting zoo. A battle-worn man leant against a large post, looking grumpy, as though someone had just rained on his parade. Oh man, guys, I gotta get another voice. <laughs> God, there's so many options. I'm Professor Sylvanus Kettlebun, the old wizard grumbled. Welcome to Care of Magical Creatures. Not that you'll actually be caring for anything of any real interest, as the Ministry has seen fit to remind me that if one's leg is eaten by a dragon, they shouldn't then try to introduce said dragon to students. His left leg was missing just below the knee, unlike Mad-Eye Moody, who wore a wooden prosthetic. Professor Kettleburn appeared content to just hop around. It wasn't even really a dragon, he added, with a pout, as though it made all the difference. Merlin. I have no fucking clue. This is just What happening. are you channeling Billy Crystal? Merlin. 
This is where Hagrid gets it, Maya whispered to herself, as the professor, with his one remaining hand, scratched at the stump where his forearm used to be. Ow. Oh, man, is this the guy where in the one movie where Dumbledore is like, and Professor whatever his name is decided yes to spend more no. time with I his think remaining that was plank? Potentially, but may as well be Kettleburn. Oh. Oh, this? He gestured to the elbow as the students did. Chimera. Cuddly little things. They got quite the appetite, though. He smiled wistfully, as though he were remembering an old pet. Right then. Come on over and take a peek at the pens. We got nifflers right there, a few puff skeins, some nogthales, a gnarl. I'll show you a lot of handful of little things to start with. James, God, you sound like you're scalping tickets or selling crap out the trunk of your car or something. I got Rolexes, I got pearls, I got this, I got that, I got $20. To be fair, the voice I was originally going to go with, but I was really concerned about my throat, was Wazowski. So, this is better. Oh, God. <clears throat> Although I did watch Monsters University today. It was very cute. You've never seen that? No, I'd seen it. It's just been a while. Oh, who's Macappa? Uzma Kappa. Anyway. James pouted, his shoulders slumping as he made eye contact with a nogtail that purred at him. These fluffy things are pets. Where's the dragons? I want to see the chimera that chewed his bloody arm off, Sirius whispered. I want to be an arithmancy, Maya complained. Remus chuckled softly and patted her shoulder consolingly. Professor, James asked, are we going to see anything, I don't know, bigger than this? I heard we just got a herd of hippogriffs brought in, and there are unicorns in the Forbidden Forest, aren't there? What is Pro- this, Harry Potter tiger cape? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Professor Kettleburn shook his head. Not for you, lad. Unicorns don't much take, uh, like, uh, don't fuck me. Um, bleh, bleh, bleh. Not for you, lad. Unicorns don't take much of a liking to young men. They wouldn't like you much. Evans must be a unicorn, Sirius chuckled, and Remus joined in while James glared at both of them. As for hippogriffs, they're being evaluated before the students are allowed near them, temperamental if you aren't respectful of them. He dipped his chin, and Maya quietly smirked, the thought of watching either of the Caro twins getting mauled by a hippogriff, as Malfoy had been, made her happy inside. So, nothing interesting then? Sirius complained. Depends on what you'd consider interesting. I think it's interesting that you've got a Niffler about to take that muggle watch off your wrist. Hey! Sirius yelled, spinning around as the tiny animal latched its little paws onto him, tugging at the watch that he had bought that summer. Let go! Rolling her eyes, Maya approached, putting her hands under the front legs of the Niffler and prying it away from Sirius, giving the boy a reproachful look in the process. It's only a baby, she said, with a teasing little to her voice. You can ask me anything you want about any of the creatures that exist. I've basically seen it all, Professor Kettleburn said, and moved like he was going to cross his arms over his chest, except he was missing one of them. I'd rather you see with your own eyes, but the Ministry has rules in place, so you'll just have to trust your books there and my expertise. What's the proper way to feed a werewolf? Sirius asked, and Maya turned and glared at him after putting the baby Niffler back with the others. Remus shook his head knowingly as he approached the Niffler pen. Let's say, Sirius continued, that you've got a werewolf, cute little thing, and your werewolf starts getting fat. He grinned and watched as Remus turned and narrowed his eyes at his friend. Professor Kettleburn stared at Sirius. Mr. Black, werewolves are not pets. They did this on purpose, didn't they? Maya asked Remus. Yes. You knew? He chuckled. Of course. Is this the entire reason that we're even in this class? Remus, please tell me that we did not sign up for an entire class based on the fact that Sirius wanted to make a werewolf joke. She glared and watched as Remus turned and grinned wryly at her, silently confirming the answer she already knew. Wonderful. I could have been in arithmancy right now with Lily. You could have been in divination with Peter, Remus teased. I don't need to read tea leaves in the bottom of a cup to know that I'm going to throttle Sirius when Professor Kettleburn is not looking. 
She turned to glare at Sirius, who was now asking about dragons as though purposefully diverting attention from the subject of werewolves, despite the fact that he had been the one to bring it up in the first place. I was never allowed to have a pet, Remus said under his breath, as he looked down into the pens of the small animals, all of which appeared to be scuttling as far away from him as possible. Some were quaking and looked terrified. Remus exhaled sharply at the reaction and frowned. Maya placed a hand on his and smiled. Don't take it personally. They can smell you just as easily as you can smell them. They see you as a predator. She caught his immediate horrified look inside. It's not a bad thing, Remus. Predator and prey is the way of life, or is the way life is. It's the way animals work, even magical ones. When he still refused to take the self-come condemnatory look Ooh, that's a new one self-condemnatory i'm gonna seal that word thanks shia maya smiled knowing that when he still refused to take the self i'm gonna get this right fuck me all right i'm gonna say the sentence and i'm gonna get the goddamn word right when he still refused to take the self-condemnatory look off of his face she went on do you know much about hippogriffs? Just what the book has mentioned, he replied, gesturing to the tome in his bag. Maya smiled, knowing that he had already read the whole thing. Had she not known him well enough, she would have assumed that he had read all the fantastic beasts and where to find them. Who wrote it? The, 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 Eddie Redmayne's character. What is his, what's his name? Mr. Scamander. There you go. I almost called him Bilbo Baggins, but I was like, that is the Jesus wrong movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I've only seen Fantastic Beasts, like, one time. I've seen the first one, one time, and the second one, one time. Still have so many questions. <sighs> Scamander. Yeah. Jesus. Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> and that was a big fandom crossover. It's like the time I called Al Pacino Robert De Niro. Or like the time I called Matthew McConaughey Bradley Cooper. Oh, Lord Jesus. I still I think still think my favorite though. Was when you were like, oh, that actor, guy, blue eyes, crazy. And I was like, Mel Gibson. And you were like, yes, exactly. And everyone standing around us was like, are you, fu you got that from blue eyes and crazy? And we're like, well, yeah, <laughs> hello. <laughs> uh, <sighs> did you hear that? I can't believe it's called a Bilbo. <laughs> Newt Scamander, alias Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> By night, he is new commander. By day, <laughs> <laughs> by night, he is a live, tall ginger. By day, he is a short, fat hobbit. <laughs> Gorgio, my stomach. Oh, uh, Jesus. I ain't no getting Gorgio in my stomach the last couple days. Good Jesus, God. Jesus, I'm crying. That's a good one. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, dead of time. She would have assumed he had read all of it. I've been inside so sorry. Oh my god, I've been inside too long. Holy crap. Ah, goose Froba. For those of you rolling our, your eyes, do you remember that all of us are trapped inside and we're all going a little crazy? And if you're not going crazy, you're probably not staying inside enough. Oh, Woosa, Goose Frama. Okay, I'm good now. Yes, yes. It's like the time I got kicked out of the freaking, um, it's not the church. What is it? Mary Immaculate, the little chapel thing. Oh, yeah, the Chapel of Perpetual Adoration. Yeah, I got kicked out of there for laughing once. There was a chicken outside that was making a funny noise, and me and Brianna couldn't stop laughing, so we got kicked out of the chapel. It wasn't like that. It was like an unnatural sound. 
<laughs> it's like that time when we were talking to Burke and you're like, Burke, 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 Burke. <laughs> the inside story of that is all you need to know is his name is Burke. And I went, Burke, 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 because his name is Burke. And it was great. WTF, mate. All right. Anyway, dead of time. We just need to cut every time I say anyway, dead of time together. So it's just like a 10 minute thing of anyway, dead of time. Anyway, dead of time. Anyway, dead of time. Yeah, it's like, um, <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. 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 Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. I got sprung goddess. Ain't nobody got time for that. And she really had smoke inhalation, but whatever. <laughs> what was the thing about popsicle? Oh, I gotta give me a cold pop. That's what it was. <laughs> Which I just realized when I said it just now is she was not talking about like an ice pop. She was talking about a cold soda. Oh, really? I think so. Oh. Because pop is soda and a cold pop would be a cold soda. Unless it's yeah. an ice pop. Anybody who lives near where, what was her name? Something brown. I don't know. Anyway, the I got bronchitis, ain't nobody got time for that. Is she talking about ice pops or is she talking about soda? We don't know. Also, if you call a water fountain a bubbler, I kind of hate you. A little bit. Not really. I don't actually hate you. But like, it's a weird thing to say. And I know you're from Boston, so I'm judging you because you're from Boston and because my family is from New York. Bubbla. 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 Maya smiled. <laughs> <laughs> smile when your heart is breaking. Smile. Even. No, it's smile though your heart is aching. Smile even though it's breaking. When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by. Anyway, death of time. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a long one. Sorry, guys. Um, Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. In order to make sure his name and address were not... Oh, right. We should probably start this paragraph over. You guys are probably completely lost by now. Anyway, they were talking about... Um, predator and prey and remus was uncomfortable maya smiled knowing that he'd already read the whole thing meaning the textbook had she not known him well enough she would have assumed that he had read all of the fantastic beasts and where to find them in order to make sure his name and address was not listed inside but she did know him better and was well aware that remus took his studies just as seriously as she did tell me some defining characteristics of a hippogriff remus let out a frustrated sigh why do I feel like this is one of the life lessons you're always trying to teach me? She narrowed her eyes. Humor me. Fine. Hippogriffs are proud, easily offended. You're supposed to take extra caution when approaching them, bowing and such. They're extremely dangerous, but can be fiercely loyal and protective of... He stopped and glared at Maya. I am not a hippogriff, Maya. No, you're not, she agreed pleasantly. Now... What do hippogriffs eat? Small mammals, Remus answered. Ferrets and weasels, not usually. So hippogriffs are predators. Technically, he said slowly. And would you say that hippogriffs are absolute bastards for being what they are? Remus's jaw tightened and his nose twitched. Well, look at that. If I didn't know any better, I would say that you have been easily offended. Wounded pride? She asked, and Remus growled low in response. You know, with that glare you've got in your eyes right now, you look extremely dangerous. But I'm not afraid because I know how fiercely loyal and protective you are. I am not a hippogriff. Remus repeated, his eyes flashing gold so quickly that she knew she was the only one to see it. Stop trying to convince me that I'm not a monster. She met him, glare for glare, and lent him close to his face, refusing to back down. Stop trying to convince yourself that you are one. She snapped, 
and turned on her heel, storming away from him in a flurry of bouncing wild curls. Remus sighed in frustration as he watched her go, annoyed that the breeze blew toward him, essentially shoving the scent of her hair in his face. What did Sirius do now? James asked as he approached Remus, watching Maya stomp away from the rest of the class. Sirius is over there bothering, bothering Kettleburn, Remus gestured. What makes you think he's the one that pissed her off? He usually is, James laughed, and for a moment, Remus joined in. So what did you say to get her mad? She normally reserves that particularly scathing look for Slytherins. He leant casually against the animal enclosure, and Remus took a step away from it, watching closely as the little nogtails made their way back to the center of the pen, one even coming up to sniff James's hand as it hung over the fence. She's pissed at me. That is obvious, James said with a chuckle, gently scratching the nogtail on the head. She tried convincing me that werewolves aren't monsters, he said, trying to take himself out of the sentence by referring to the species as a whole. It didn't do much for the conversation as James just shook his head and laughed harder. Oh, that would certainly set her off. There are few things that'll anger my sister to the point where she looks lethal, and anyone talking poorly about you is nearly at the top of that list. It's about tied with anything to do with Sirius's family or me putting myself in danger. Remember at the river when I slipped on that rock and hit my head? She yelled at me for hours after you all left. That's different, Remus insisted, lowering his voice despite the fact that they were not standing within hearing range of anyone except the little nogtails and nifflers. She's naive, if she thinks she can talk me out of being dangerous. Get over yourself, mate, James said reprovingly. Everyone's dangerous. Remus growled, not like me. No, not like you, James agreed. Maya's dangerous because she's too smart. Girls know, girl knows hexes and charms that we're not supposed to even learn until newt levels. Evans is the same. Sirius is dangerous because his temper is too short. The second years have a pool going around to see how many fights he gets into this year. It's a ten galleon buy-in if you want. Remus shook his head. I'm dangerous because I don't let people know how good I am. Is that? Okay. I'm dangerous because I don't let people know how good I am at what I do. James went on, as if he were a professor in his own class. Everyone thinks it's ego and that I'm overcompensating. I'm not. Remus understood. He, James, and Sirius had practiced dueling a time or two the previous years, and James always dominated the two by speed alone. Peter's probably the only one of us who's not at danger. James laughed, trying to break up the tense moment. Goddamn, Shia, why I gotta do shit like that? Why you just gotta drop that bomb like, oh yeah, Peter's not dangerous? This bitch. Not really, you're not actually a bitch, but like, damn girl. Right in the feels. Hey! Sirius ran over to them with a grin. Did you guys know that chimeras purr if you scratch their belly? And they make the same noise when they're eating human flesh. They all looked back at Professor Kettleburn, who was absently scratching his arm stump again. Just before class ended, Maya returned, and, without a word to Remus, she wound her hand back and hit Sirius over the back of the head. He let out a small yelp and turned to face her while James and Remus laughed behind his back. I must really be a seer. I predicted, predicted that you'd get hit by a girl today. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. And that's the end of chapter 29? God damn. We're into the 30s next week. That's wild. That means we have been doing this for more than six months. Yes. Hot dog. Hot diggity dog. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. Alrighty then. Oh crap, I gotta log back into Patreon. Got to thank the people. Yes, we always think the people, the people who are so wonderful. Alrighty, it is now time to do the, uh, go away. Not you guys, I had a thing that was blocking names. Oh my god, I have the hiccup so bad. Alright, I don't believe we have had any new ads since, oh, um, it looks like Miriam has upped from her previous st 
da- uh, bleh, bleh, wolf status to a fox status. So we have another foxy. Thank you so much, Miriam. We appreciate it. And to thank the rest of our foxes, we have Jackie, Rachel, Carissa, Aguila, Rebecca, Chelsea, Ryder, Ashley Murray, Ashley Thurman, Brittany, Ashley Enstrom, Elise, Hannah, Jillian, Amanda, Martina, Miranda, Samantha, Therese, Olivia, Sarah, Sophie, Claire, and that's it. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate everything you do. You are awesome. We love you. And we hope everybody's staying safe, sane, and healthy. I'm pretty sure those are the rules for BDSM. (laughs) No, it's safe, sane, consensual. That's what it is. Well, healthy should be in there, too. I know that because of a romance novel. Series that I read. Fifty Shades of Grey. Actually, no. It was a different series, and it is why I knew that Fifty Shades of Grey was bad. Because he violated the rule of if she uses the stop word, you stop. And he didn't. Safe word. He violated the safe word. You yes. never violate the safe word. That's bad. Yeah, well. He was just <sighs> as creepy as the person he is based on who used to sneak into Bella Swan's room and just stare at her while he sleeps. I'm sorry. Edward Cullen was creepy AF. The only reason he was not creepy AF was because he was played by the incomparable. I keep using that to describe actors, but whatever. Oh, God. What is his name? Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. And the reason why I love Robert Pattinson is because no one hated Edward Cullen more than the man who played Edward Cullen. Like, he loathed Edward. Because, like, when they asked him how he got into the mindset to play Ed Cullen, he was like, well, he's 98 years old and he's never had sex. And I wondered how I would feel if I was an immortal who was drop dead gorgeous and also never had sex. And I figured I'd probably be real fucking angry. So that's how I played it. I played it like somebody who would hate themselves because I feel like if I was 98 years old and drop dead gorgeous and had never had sex, I'd probably hate myself. So that's how I played it. And I'm like, yes, bravo, bravo. Well, I cannot believe he's Batman. But I know. God, I hope he doesn't fuck it up. Yeah. I me mean, too. Bat Dad was pretty bad with Ben Affleck, but like, still, he 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 played like a different side of Batman that we've never seen, and like, he wasn't awful. But we also, our generation, I mean, we had like the '90s Batman, but really and truly, like. Christian Bale set, I think he set the tone for modern Batman. And he did such a fucking good job that I think it's hard to beat. Yeah, and also, why do we keep making these movies? I know. (laughs) We've done three renditions. We've done three trilogies of Spider-Man in 20 years? Less? Yeah. Why? Why? I mean, don't get me wrong. Tom Holland was freaking amazing and is freaking amazing like he is adam andrew garfield was good he was decent toby Maguire was way too fucking old but yeah no just just i get it marvel's a cash cow milk that udder but like stop stop yep. and stop Stop with the Mission Impossible. Oh my god! Too. We get oh my it. god! Please, Tom Cruise, please retire. Or like, do the do the Robert De Niro thing. Robert De Niro has transferred, has transitioned into playing old man roles very well. Hello, the intern. Yes, that was such yes. a good movie, and like, I felt like he did. He played. He did such justice for that. That's not the white, right, white. Right, blah, fuck. Okay, <laughs> I feel like we need to stop the podcast because red leather, yellow leather, red yellow. Okay, we will see you people next Fire Whiskey Friday. What she said. Because we are the only reason why you know what day it is. Yes. Yeah. No. Honestly, this podcast is the only reason I know what day it is. So, thank. Also, I got real mad. My husband was like. 
yeah, when you go to work tomorrow, I'm like, no, today's Saturday. He's like, babe, today's Sunday. Today's Sunday. Fuck my life. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, we will see y'all next Fire Whiskey Friday. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire Whiskey and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.